Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. We are previewing the NBA season with Parker Ainsworth and Joe Palencia, both from BellyUpSports.com. That's what's cooking on today's Sports Stove podcast. It is time to turn on the Sports Stove. All right, welcome into the Sports Stove Podcast. Today we are doing an NBA preview, and we've got two special guests with us. First, we have the Celtics beat writer from BellyUpSports.com, where you can get articles like the Celtics season preview you didn't know you need from Joe Palencia. Joe, thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me, Vince. You're welcome. And we also have with us the senior NBA beat uh, writer, excuse me, and the Rockets beat writer for BellyUpSports.com and the co-host of F in Sports uh, podcast, where he, uh, him and a fellow teacher grade sports topics throughout the, the week. And it's a, it's a great podcast. I'm a new subscriber to the podcast. Great podcast. <laughs> but we have with us Parker Ainsworth. Parker, thank you for being with us also. <laughs> thank you. And thanks for listening to the pod. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're, we're today we're talking the NBA preview. First, I want to mention our sponsor, RA Marketing. RA Marketing offers turnkey digital marketing services for financial advisors. They've worked tirelessly to create a winning Facebook ads formula that delivers the ROI advisors need. You can find more information at goradigital.com. We sure appreciate uh, Andrew and Richie and the RA team being a part of this podcast and uh, being a sponsor with us. All right, let's jump into it. We are recording on Tuesday evening, and earlier today, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak, signs his max extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. So let's start with this, as I have a few few things I want to talk about with it. But 
overall, what's your first reaction, Parker, uh, with uh, Giannis signing? First reaction was that's a long way for a kid that used to sell trinkets on the streets of Athens. That's a, that's a big contract. Uh, so congrats to him. Um, he's a crazy story, and he's a fun guy to watch play basketball. Um, it sounds like he wants to stay in Milwaukee, and good for him. You know, That's good for him and good for them, I think. Joe, what do you think? Uh, I think it's great for him. Uh, definitely going to get paid for the services he offers. Definitely worth it. Um, and it's good for him because he wants to just Milwaukee early. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed the contract. And it's good for the NBA. You never hear, really, you haven't heard recently uh, a big star staying in a small market. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good all the way around. That's perfect transition into what I want to talk about with this. One of our uh, cohorts at Belly Up Sports, I won't name them, but uh, came out and said it's boring when the show, the show, the <laughs> signing of Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I responded very quickly with, no, it's not boring. It's exciting because he's the anti-LeBron. And I think that with this Milwaukee signing, if he sticks it out, which I think he will, I think his legacy automatically becomes greater than Kevin Durant because of his willingness to stick it out where he's at. Any thoughts on that? Well, I think it's interesting, too, because so Giannis is very much a different player than Durant, too. There's this raw strength and power. Like he's a, in a lot of ways an anti Durant. Um, you know, we've seen guys sign a big contract and then not stay, whether it's Paul George, Anthony Davis, James Harden once out, right? Like, so I hope we don't get that situation in a couple of years. But uh, I will say that I hope that his energy and enthusiasm for the city of Milwaukee brings people to him, kind of like you'd, you know, you'd see when guys wanted to go play with Paul Pierce in the Boston big three or whatever, right? He's pulling some guys in more so because um, Giannis is an alpha in many ways. It is the, yeah, that's exactly it. The, he's the alpha. So if he, um, the way I put it is he wants to beat the best as opposed to join the best. It's okay for him to go out and try to get guys to come to him. But unlike some of those guys that you mentioned earlier, Instead of him going and joining them, he's the kind of player that people should want to come play with him instead of him leaving. I love it. I, I love seeing them still in in Milwaukee. And and like uh, you said, I hope that he plays out that contract. Any thoughts on – any more thoughts on that, Joe? Like you said, Vince, um, I think it's going to be more attractive for people that are looking to join a, a competing team um, I think the fact that he stayed loyal is going to open a lot of eyes around the NBA. And I think it's just overall going to improve the amount of talent that gets acquired by Milwaukee in the long run. Yeah, maybe he sets the, the new trend back to the old trend, sticking around a little <laughs> bit longer as well. Now let's switch gears from Giannis, who's staying, to James Harden, who wants to leave. And I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, so let's just put it this way. Number one, do you think Harden stays in Houston for the rest of the season? Number two, what's the best best fit, I guess, for James Harden uh, uh, if he does leave Houston, gets his way, and gets out of Houston? Parker, you're the Houston Houston guy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, if you follow the beat closely or, or stuff that I've been writing, it looks like Stone, the GM, the new GM, is very firm about what the return will be. And they seem to have flexibility and they clearly are willing to let things get a little uncomfortable. I would imagine that 
that flexibility runs out as he goes further along in this con- in the last two years of this contract. And so I think it might not happen before the season, but I could see some move around the deadline, like someone that's a contender wanting to put themselves over the edge. Um, or I could see something next summer. I don't know if it happens before the season starts or not. You know, as we're spe- sitting here speaking, he's on the floor in a preseason game against the Spurs. Uh, he, he and PJ Tucker both showed back up to practice yesterday after their quarantine, after their time off. I will say that, you know, in many ways, this is kind of not as amicable as it should have been because the the coach left, the GM left, the identity is a very different team all of a sudden. He's kind of the last remaining strand, he and Tucker, from the 2018 coulda, woulda, shoulda, if Chris Paul just doesn't get hurt group, right? And so, you know, it, it probably is time. Uh, it's certainly crazy to think about, you know, they were just up a bunch of points in game one of the second round over the Lakers, not that long ago, but uh, here we are. And so I, I don't know if it happens for the season. Cause I don't know if logistically teams will get their ducks in a row, uh, but I could see it happening trade deadlines in March this year, then next summer when there's only one year left on the deal. Joe, where, where do you think uh, are good, some good fits for Harden? Um, maybe a place like, I think Philly honestly might be, um, but in all honesty, I really think he should be somewhere where he could play off ball. Um, I feel like him handling the ball hasn't really worked out. Um, worked so out maybe somewhere with a point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Worked out for him, but not for the team. And the goal is for the championship, and you need a team to do that. Um, so I think for him, it's all about going somewhere where someone's bringing the ball up and he can find uh, off ball. I hear three three teams mainly. I so, hear Miami, Philadelphia, and Denver. Those are the three teams you hear the most about because Houston has been clear. They won an all-star back. And out of all those teams, to me, the 76ers make the most sense as far as return goes. Um, Silas comes from Dallas where he was running the offense there. He had Luka, a tall, uh, tall, at, well, relatively athletic kid uh, running the point. Simmons could come in and play, I think, similar to Luka. He's not as good a shooter, obviously, as Luka, but – I think there's some similarities there that he could play with. Um, but I don't know the relationship between Houston and Philadelphia with Daryl Morey right now, if uh, Tillman Fertitta would even consider trying to help. help as him. much as Tillman and Daryl don't get along, Daryl is the kind of guy that wrote a full page ad in the paper when he left with a whole paragraph that a Harden changed his life. Um, he, he's a big Harden guy. He got criticized a couple of years ago for saying, Harden's a better scorer than Jordan. And I'm not sitting here saying I agree with him. I am sitting here saying that, like, clearly, you know, Maury likes him a lot. Yeah. Um, and so I, I could see Philadelphia as well. The budge we're hitting now is they don't want to trade Ben. Houston doesn't do it for anybody but Ben or Embiid. You know, I think the three of us can sit here and say that so far Philly hasn't worked with Ben and Embiid. And so maybe they hit a crossroads where they realize with the new management and new coach they need to move on from one. But yeah, that could be a mid-season thing that opens up a little bit, depending on how the teams are doing. Uh, Miami's an interesting one, too, because uh, the big talk is basically anybody but Bam and um, uh, Jimmy Butler is is available for the most part. And some people are saying, no, they won't let Hero go either. But if you're Miami, I don't know why you'd want to blow it up right now to get Harden when you can get a, a more than likely a pretty serviceable free agent next year. I think, I think Miami's a piece away and if they trade for Harden they're going to lose some of their pieces and would be further than a piece away if they do that any thoughts on 
the Heat, should they blow it up? Or I don't even know if blow it up's the right term because you're talking about Hero, Duncan Robinson, and some vets, probably Kelly Olenek and things like that. Or, yeah. Um, I think, to be honest with you, if you give up Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, you're giving up a lot of perimeter shooting. Um, and how much of that will you be getting back? You're giving up two people who shoot the three. Are you getting back more than that? Equal amounts of that? That's something to look at. Um, because that, that killed teams like the Celtics. It helped them in the playoffs a lot and in the regular season. And that's that's kind of the way the game is played now. I do think it's interesting to think about what Pat Riley would do with this because I don't know what Pat Riley's end game would be, but he seems to be really good at bringing in vets to fill out the vet minimums. I think the interesting thing is that people got hung up on Tyler Hero. Um, not that I wouldn't like to have Hero in Houston. Hero's a, a fun young player. Hero didn't start for very long. Uh, he also, like, if you're talking about, like, peak of his career, like, it'd be really crazy if Tyler Hero won the MVP. You're talking about trading for a guy that was in the top three in MVP voting five of the last six years. Like, I I think that's the kind of gamble Pat has shown he'll take, right? Back when they made the original Heatles big three or when they made traded all those pieces for Shaq in 06. Like, Pat Riley has decided he'll go for star power and figure it out afterwards. I, I mean, I'm not trying to say that's the right thing to do, Joe. I don't mean that. I just I think that Pat has shown he'll do it, um, whether it's right or wrong. I think hero ceiling is Ray Allen, like peak Ray Allen. Um, great shooter. He, he can do other things as well. He's a great just basketball person, a player and mind, and he's intense. He's, um, you know, we had him here at Lexington for a year and absolutely loved him. Um, but in, in Miami and the world got to see in the bubble why Kentucky fans liked him so much. Um, but I think at some point he's not as good as Harden. Um, and, and you know, Duncan Robinson, I don't know. To me, I just think Houston set up for a long run or not Houston, Miami set up for a long run right now to get hard. And you're looking at another two or three years. Um, and then you're kind of have to rebuild at that point again. And, and maybe they want to do that. And maybe they can do that. They've been successful. Like you said, the front office has been uh, transition to Denver real quick. Everybody's like Murray's off the table. Uh, Denver's not going to trade him. So then Michael Porter Jr. is what you're looking at. Is he really a, a, a piece that Houston would want for long term compared to Harden? I mean, speaking on like as a Houston beat guy, when I look at that, it's feel, it feels similar to the hero thing to me in that like, you know, if you think Porter's, Porter Jr.'s ceiling is higher than hero, it's a little, little different conversation. But like you're looking at if you're Denver, could Porter turn into – a multiple time MVP candidate. And if you think that you might not trade it, but how many guys really turn into a multi-time MVP candidate, right? I mean, it's currently he, he being Harden, Davis, Giannis, and like LeBron won it a few times. And now he's 36. Like there aren't a whole lot of Steph Curry has a couple, like there aren't a whole lot of guys that are in the top three or four voting for that very often. I will say for Houston, that that is a young guy with a high ceiling, He's a little bit younger than your current timetable your roster, but when that roster is turning over in a couple of years, maybe you rebuild around him. I don't know. Um, he's a very different athlete than Harden and a very different athlete than Hero, too, for that matter. It seemed like he struggled to get minutes as well in Denver this year. <laughs> he, I mean, he got more in the bubble. Um, but it, to me, when I think back to his season last season, 
Michael Porter Jr. I, it didn't seem like he was consistently on the floor for Denver. And everybody said, well, he's got room to grow and, and whatnot. To me, that just seems like I'd be a little scared. I want to see more, especially with his injury history and things like that. I'm not sure that that he can be that building block for Houston. Because right now, you know, with Wall and Cousins, they're not young. <laughs> and their bodies especially are, have been beat up yeah. and things like that. Um, so you're looking at getting a building mm-hmm. block. And I'm not sure if anyone other than, than Ben Simmons really is that that's a, relatively available right now, at least for Houston. I want to transition. Let's get off of Harden now. Uh, <laughs> let's get to this. What is or who was the most important individual addition to a team this offseason? Um, I'll let you think about that for just a second. I've got four guys written down for myself. I've got Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I've got Bogdan Bogdanovich in Atlanta and uh, Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. You don't have to agree with any of those four. But, uh, Joe, who is the most individual addition to a team, best individual addition to a team you think this, this offseason? I think I'm going to have to agree with you on Drew Holiday. Um, it doesn't. It might not look on paper like he's much different than Bledsoe, um, but I feel like that kind of chemistry is going to work a little bit better. I think Drew Holiday possesses some qualities that Bledsoe may not have possessed, um, and I feel like he's just he fit. He'll fit right in. I feel like he's a hard worker. And I feel like he'll just go go in and get it from the jump. Parker, who do you think? Uh, yeah, and I would also only point out one thing about Drew is that if that somehow talked Giannis into staying, kind of like the Clippers trade for Paul George to get Kawhi Leonard, then it's worth every penny, right? Um, mm-hmm. The, yeah, the one I guess to go off book, I'll say, would be, um, you know, I don't know if you want to call it Oubre or Wiseman or something, but Golden State's got big shoes to fill with Clay going down. And so – that's at least a big potential role. And then I also think uh, Danilo and Atlanta, you know, year three for NBA players tend to be where you kind of see what they're really made of. We saw what Jason Tatum was a year ago, Joe, you know, it's going to be that year for Trey young. And is Danilo a guy that like spaces the floor and helps defend? Like what does Danilo bring to the table for Trey there? Um, That was kind of under the radar because it was when Oklahoma city was kind of fleecing out guys. The Chris Paul got a lot more, pub right um those are like smaller ones i can think of but if drew holiday really landed Giannis, then that's that's hard to beat they gave up so much for drew holiday i was really surprised by that um but i said the same thing if if he signs the extension um then it was it doesn't matter it was it was, it was a good move no matter what it was kind of like last year with uh, yeah. uh paul george and Kawhi leonard and the clippers thing it didn't matter what the clippers gave up if they got Kawhi leonard Uh, and Paul George for that matter. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films, they can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. 
be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. It was going to be fine, although I, many would argue it was a bad trade, but nonetheless, um, let's, let's stay with this year. All right, let's move to the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference is an easier conversation than the Western Conference. So let's go to the Eastern Conference. Uh, let's start with the most improved team in the Eastern Conference or teams, if you got a couple of them, teams that you think, uh, not just with one individual, but teams in the East that made the best improvement in the offseason. Parker, who do you got? Well, I mean, we can talk about the Brooklyn Nets just by getting healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the last time we saw a healthy Kevin Durant playing, he was giving the Clippers and my Rockets buckets his few minutes healthy in the finals when he was healthy before he snapped his Achilles. He was also giving the champion Toronto Raptors buckets. Um, he's a two times finals MVP. The two seasons he finished healthy before that. Anytime you bring that guy back healthy, he looks like he's moving. Okay. In his first preseason action, but even if he's like a little bit slower, he's not relying on being big, strong, explosive. He's just super smooth. Uh, so they have that. I like though, a lot of the, shooting pieces we talked about philadelphia and the harden trade situation a lot of the the seth curry is the world those kind of guys they brought in around that roster because if they're really going to write this out ben simmons to start he doesn't shoot everyone says can't shoot i say doesn't because he just doesn't even he's not like he misses them all he just doesn't take them and so having those guys to space the floor out you know reputation shooters like even if seth curry's missed two in a row you're going to go cover him on the third one right um and and that's a big deal for them you know, and we just mentioned Drew Holiday and Milwaukee. Don't need to digest that anymore. But those would be the three I'd look at as big time improvement. Joe, who you got in the East? Um, I would I would say Philly with all the shooting that they just added. Um, a slight improvement maybe to my Boston Celtics just with Tristan Thompson coming in, adding a little bit of size, a little bit of physicality down low. Something definitely that we lacked last season. Um, but I think also Brooklyn getting healthy and then um, Atlanta adding bogey and all of those um, good players that they got and adding really adding Rondo more of like a, I see him taking more of a Giannis Haslam kind of seat here. Um, Maybe not to the extent that he, that he is over in Miami, but um, at some point he's there for a little bit more mentorship than playing. Yeah, you guys mentioned all the, the, the – I had three teams written down. The Nets, for a couple of reasons, they get healthy. Uh, also, I think the the coaching staff at Brooklyn is incredible. Steve Nash as a coach I think is going to be great. Yeah. He brings D'Antonian with him, which is phenomenal. He's got last year's head coach still on the bench with him. Uh, they've got – and they mm-hmm. you know they bring in some former players. Um, and Amari Stoudemire, he tried to bring in Rajah Bell. He, he didn't come. But, um, you know, Steve I, – I'm, I'm I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan. And Steve Nash was so much fun to watch and excited. And, and he always coached on the floor. And I think he's going to do great. So I think the Nets definitely massively improved this year. Then you've got, and without trading, if they don't if they don't trade for Harden, which I still don't understand how the math works there, but if they don't trade for Harden, then they've got just a solid team. Great depth, um, shooters. They've got good role players around uh, their, their stars as well. 76ers, I think same thing. Their coach improved. Uh, Doc Rivers, I'm not a huge Doc Rivers coaching fan, but I think he is an improvement. Uh, so you add him in, you bring in a new system. They they put the right players around Simmons and Embiid, I, I believe at least, uh, to make that work. And then I had Atlanta as my third team as well. I love the additions that they've made. 
Um, they've got a really deep young team with some solid veterans. You mentioned Rajon Rondo. Uh, we mentioned Gallinari earlier as well. Um, so they've got some, some I think, really good pieces there in Atlanta. We could see them uh, improve for sure. How many capable teams in the East uh, are there that can make the playoffs? Um, because you start looking, everybody has the same top six or seven, and then it kind of starts to fall off a little bit from there. So how many teams do you think have a legit chance uh, to make the playoffs in the East? Obviously, only eight teams make it. But how many how many teams do you think have a chance uh, with that? Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Uh, a legit chance to make it? I mean, well, no matter which way you put it, there are eight teams that have a, a chance to make it kind of thing. There are eight teams that make it. So I guess the top eight would have to be like, obviously your top six is the same with um, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, um, Boston, Philly. So we won't finish that list, but you know, it's everybody, everybody's got the same one. Um, but then once you hit seven and eight, I think it's interesting. You can look at like Orlando. Um, they did pretty well. Atlanta could make it. Atlanta might not even have to go in through the play in, to be honest, if they can figure out a way to uh, address their defense, then I think that they could surprise a couple people. Um, you could look at like Charlotte could sneak its way in if they figure it out a little bit. Um, they're a little bit of a dark horse for me. Um, yeah, honestly, with a with with the top 10 going in, I think it's really a, like a shootout. It doesn't really matter who shows up. Well, and the, the 10 thing is interesting in the East because I would argue 7 through 10 is probably going to be really competitive, right? You'll have – you mentioned Atlanta. You mentioned Charlotte. You had Washington there at nine last year, and then they add a Russ Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Um, like that is a certainly competitive bottom four there that are playing for the playoff spots. The thing I think we all get bogged down in the East is is how many of those four ish teams do we see advancing past the second round? Right, like it'd be crazy to watch Russ and Beal tear it up in that playing tournament but then they're going to line up across from Kyrie and KD, right? Or like, you know, whatever it is. And like, it's like, Oh man. Uh, like, I think that's why we get bogged down and thinking the East is somehow like lesser than it's because we don't think the eight seed can upset the one seed. Whereas like last year we saw Dallas give the Clippers kind of fits and then Denver did beat them. Like, so I think we, we think of that as happening only in the West. And so we don't mm-hmm. think of the bottom as being as good when the truth is like you mentioned, these teams are young and good. It just, you know, yeah. Trey, Young's got to grow up a little bit or, you know, and Charlotte Devonte Graham has got to continue to rise and those kind of things, right? So I've got mm-hmm. basically Cleveland, New York, Detroit, and Chicago that I have. I don't think can make the playoffs at all. Chicago might surprise yeah. some people. I think Donovan's a good coach. They do have some talent, but they don't have a lot of depth there. They're kind of they're weak in that area. So I think they're still out this year. I put Chicago and Sacramento kind of in that same category. Young, got some talent. Still have some ways to go before they get there. Charlotte, I'm with you, Joe. I don't think Charlotte's in this year um, unless they make some kind of some more moves that adds some more talent to their team. Um, Charlotte's just not a team that I think is ready to make that that step yet. Um, So my bottom four teams right now are Toronto, Atlanta, Orlando, and Washington. So that I say bottom four, that's seven through ten in the East. Now, Toronto, I just don't know about Toronto. They, 
I was wrong on them last year. I said they would, they would, you know, they'd make the playoffs, but they'd, they'd flunk out pretty fast in the playoffs. And they, they proved me wrong. Um, they have pretty much the same guys coming back for the most part. They lose some, some bigs and things like that. But, um, you know, for me, Indiana and Toronto are in the same category. They're teams I just don't know about until I see it again with my own eyes. I have no idea what, what they're going to give. Um, but I love Atlanta. I love what they're doing. And like Joe said, I, they could jump up. They could be a top four seed, a top five seed um, uh, by by playoffs times. Of course, with COVID, you have no idea what, what's going to happen. And, right. Right. and they could be a one seed if if Giannis goes down and KD tears another ankle or whatever happens. Right. You just don't know. So out of those teams, uh, let's let's skip on Toronto right now because I'm probably just lower on them than most people. Um, but Atlanta. Indiana, Orlando, and Washington. Out of those four, how would you rank those four? I'll say it again. Indiana, Atlanta, Orlando, Washington. Go ahead, Joe. Um, I think I'd put Atlanta in second behind. I'd probably leave it just exactly how you list Indiana, Atlanta, Orlando. And then Washington. Parker? I'd probably yeah, flip flop. I'd probably flip flop Washington and Orlando. I think the interesting thing is Indiana and Toronto, frankly, like you said, are kind of both at this point where if they don't like where they are in January, February, do they ship off the Miles Turner and Victor Oladipo? Do they ship off the OG and Kyle Lowry? Like, do they start looking at what's coming next? Have they? They feel like it's run its course with their current guys because then then they might drop out of the whole playoff thing, right? Um, because they have, you know, those guys are older and their contracts aren't like they don't have a lot of time left. So they're currently valuable, but I would currently have them at the top of that list, assuming they play all seventy-two games. Seventy-two this year, eighty-two. They play all seventy-two games this year as the roster is constructed. Joe, how good is Boston this year? They uh, they lose Hayward, who didn't play great in the bubble, didn't play much in the bubble actually, and then uh, they add Tristan, uh, like you mentioned earlier. Uh, so they add a big, and they don't really lose a whole lot. They don't really add a whole lot. Uh, what do you think for them this season? How are they going to turn out? Um, well, I like I said, mentioned earlier, um, I like the size that they added with Tristan Thompson. Um, I think Jeff Teague um, can come around for us and be a good guard off the bench. Um, I think our rookies have the ability to contribute consistently really quickly maybe even from the jump um they've looked really good in what boston and boston has shared with us online um but in terms of hayward uh yeah we're do we are losing quite a bit with hayward but with how injured he was to no one's fault you know that's just the way the ball bounces in the case like no one's no one's able about it um you got to be on the court to be effective when it's that's the bottom line um so i'm looking at it more of like in terms of when k he was off the court injured we improved Hmm. and i'm looking for a couple of the uh couple of our rookies from last year to um make a leap like i'm expecting grant to come in and play real real well contribute consistently um i'm looking actually looking for robert williams to make a little bit of a leap he spent a lot of last season injured um so i'm looking for him to develop and really um 
cash in on that momentum he built in the bubble because he played really well. Um, and I'm looking for Tatum's growth to continue as well alongside Jalen Brown. I think that duo is going to be one of the best in the league, Would if, not, ever if not this Jaylen season Brown? soon. Um, I don't, I don't think so. Um, if so, I don't, I don't see anybody coming available where Jalen Brown's on the table, kind of thing. Um, I've seen some rumors of maybe wanting Harden, but um, I've publicly stated that I, I don't want that to happen. Um, I don't think really anybody in Boston wants that to happen. Um, he's got con- contra- or he's got his priorities in something that is not basketball and other things in his personal life, which he's entitled to do. Um, but in Boston, that's not going to fly. You had the Kyrie so, experience. You don't need to have the Harden experience. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I will say it wouldn't take a whole lot of package around Jalen Brown for me to swap you right now. That's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I like Jalen Brown's mean, game a lot is all I would add. I like Tatum is the star. He scores a lot of points, but yeah. Jalen Brown does so many things. I, I like watching Jalen yeah. a lot. Yeah, I think he got snubbed uh, of an all-star appearance last season, I think. Um, I'm not sure if they're still announcing an all-star team this year or how that's going to work, but if they do announce an all-star team this year, I do expect him to make that leap just because I think he did deserve it last year. And I think that him seeing it, that he didn't make it, I think he thinks he was snubbed. And I think he's just going to end up like coming back and like trying to prove himself. So I'm, I'm a big fan, fan of his game myself. I'm not a Boston fan, but to me, Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum, I love all three of those guys, and I take them on my team. Untouchables. Yeah. Untouchables. <laughs> all right. And then let's let's uh, wrap up the East. I want to talk about uh, Miami a little bit uh, more as well. Last year they, they make the surprise run to the championship. Uh, Jimmy Butler, he earned some of my respect. I didn't respect him at all going into the season. <laughs> And uh, I, I respect at the very least his game a lot more than I did uh, before last season. Uh, being a Kentucky fan, I love Bam. I love Tyler. Um, I, I like what they're doing in Miami. I, lo- I love the young pieces they have and what they've seemed to develop. Is Miami going to be able to be a, a legit threat at the top of the East this year, Parker? I would put it on it's as far as Bam carries those guys because we saw them get to the Eastern Conference Finals, right? And then – you know, I don't, I don't mean to poop on Joe Celtics too much, but then Bam showed up and it was like, oh, Bam's here to play, right? Um, he got hurt, started the finals. He and Goran both did, but Bam was a difference maker. Uh, you know, you're from Kentucky. I'd tell you, I think Bam is one of my favorite guys to watch. He's not just like Jalen, we were just talking about him, but he does so many different things. He's got court vision. He can handle it for a big. Like he was doing the thing in the playoffs where like, he'd bring the ball up like Giannis in some way. He's not quite Giannis. Giannis is an MVP, but he was doing similar type of things as a giant out there. Um, I also think that it's time for, like, does Hero make a big step up? You know, does Kendrick Nunn come back and play like he was pre-bubble last year, right, in the regular season? Before the bubble started, he was, you know, he made the all-rookie team. Uh, You know, do those kind of guys start to pan out? I think that the biggest thing for them, though, is that they're not sneaking up on people Everyone knows a bunch of it's on Bam's shoulders. They, you know, have to now meet expectations. It's different to rise to, like, beat expectations, but meeting expectations seems to hit teams differently. Spo and Riley have done it before, so I don't know why they wouldn't. But, 
you know, I, I think that's going to be challenging in a, as we've talked about for a while now, a very difficult Eastern Conference. Yeah, and they bring in uh, the rookie, Precious Achua. Achua, I forget how you say that. Uh, but uh, I didn't watch a ton of his games in college, uh, but he's supposedly pretty decent. Uh, they bring back Myers Leonard. Uh, they bring in Avery Bradley, a solid veteran shooter, um, defender, things like that as well. So I think they got a little bit better. I'm not sure if they make that next step, especially with Brooklyn being healthy, if they are healthy, uh, with um, Milwaukee being better, I think. Boston, if they come in healthy as well. Um, Kimba, that's another thing we didn't talk about with Boston, but Kimba Walker has to has to be healthy. Uh, they got to figure out how to keep him on yeah. the floor, especially come playoff time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think, to be honest with you, I think a lot of his struggles last season in the bubble and the playoffs um, was because of a nagging injury now that we now know of, but also um, due to lack of experience to be quite honest. Um, that's all I really attributed to a lot of the Celtics fans here in Boston are like just saying like he doesn't show up or whatever. I don't think that's the case. I think, I think he just had a little bit of a little bit of jitters. He had only what, what was the stat played in one series or one, one playoff series in Charlotte. So it's like, you're going to have a little bit of jitters in the playoffs. It's a different game. Yeah. Kimba's game changer when it comes to scoring, especially, I mean, he's he's elite. <laughs> I remember. I mean, there's very few players that I can look back and go, "Oh yeah, college he was great," and the pros he's been great. Kimba's that way, um, and because he was hidden in in Charlotte for so long, people I don't I think forgot just how good he is. And with him not getting to play a lot, that hurts a little bit too. But I think you're right, and if mm-hmm. he can if he can be healthy this season, especially come playoff time, uh, then you can see a big step up. Let's let's switch over to the West this holiday season. Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. This is a lot tougher. So I have two teams in the West that I think have no chance at making the playoffs. Uh, but before I share those with you, uh, that's how we're going to gear it for the Western Conference. Which teams do you think have no shot whatsoever at making the playoffs, if there are any? Uh, Parker, let's start with you. That's tough. Um, the West is so tough. I guess it's wild to say one of them, San Antonio. Man, that's weird to say. Um, like that's weird to say, but I, I think they're one of my two. And then people probably want to say Phoenix, but I don't know if I want to say Phoenix. New Orleans has to figure it out at some point, right? Um, so I guess half of Phoenix and half of New Orleans is my other one. I really don't know. I don't know who my second one would be. Joe, what about you? Um. I mean, 
I guess the elephant in the room is OKC. Yeah. Um, but I know. Yes, I don't necessarily want to say Phoenix, obviously, because I think Phoenix is going to build off of what they have. I think adding um, Chris Paul was a very key piece to add. Um, it's only going to help the team improve. So, but another team. I don't know. New Orleans looked really good. So I've got San Antonio I, I, yeah, I can't. and Oklahoma. Those are the two that I have. Uh, San Antonio, they just don't have any star power. They don't have any anybody that can really carry, in my opinion, a team. You got DeMar DeRozan's probably their best player. Uh, DeJounte Murray, um, ideally is healthy. Derek White's looked okay here and there. Aldridge is just who Aldridge is. Um, you got, uh, there's just nobody there. You got, you got these young guys mm-hmm. that are, could be good eight, nine, 10 pieces, but not really starters. You got old guys like Rudy Gay. There's just not a whole lot going for San Antonio. Oklahoma city has got the other side of the, the coin. They're young. And, uh, I think they will be good again in time, but with the West being so strong, I don't see how, uh, Oklahoma City can make the playoffs. And I love Shea Gildas-Alexander. He may be my favorite Wildcat in the NBA right now. Um, and there's a lot of – I like – I mean, I'm a, a lot of Fox fan. But Shea is incredible to watch play. And uh, I love what he does out on the court. I just don't think Oklahoma City is good enough uh, to make the playoffs this year. They lost a lot. I, I, I guess I slipped my mind because I liked watching Shea play. I was so impressed by the Dort kid. Um, not just that he scored 20 whatever points in game seven, but he like is a tremendous defender. Uh, they ju- they did lose a lot because they also lost Adams, right? We talked about Danilo going to Atlanta. He had to leave there to go to Atlanta. So, I mean, it's just, just a tough West, man. Yeah, I mean, they got Shea. They yeah. got uh, Dort. They've got Al Horford they added. George Hill currently there. He'll probably get moved eventually. Justin Jackson, Trevor Ariza, uh, Hamadou Diallo. Darius Baisley, do any of those names excite you? They don't excite me. Um, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for Oklahoma City fans. Just be like, I feel so excited for Milwaukee fans. I feel badly for Oklahoma City fans because they've been left kind of bare at the moment. But now they've got draft picks that they, they might be able to Gotta, get on eventually. Yeah. But, uh, those hurt. Mm-hmm. So let's go to the top of the list. Well, who are the most improved teams in the West this, this offseason, Joe? Um. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I guess depending on who you are, um, somewhat bold and say that Phoenix probably improved immensely just because um, Chris Paul has this ability to turn bigs into stars. Um, so I think he's gonna help DeAndre Ayton really a lot. Um, I think he's gonna come out of his shell a little bit. I think he's gonna have a little bit of a breakout year, um, and I think they they might not even need the play in tournament. To be, to be bold, I'll say. Um, <laughs> and then another one, another one that I think improved. Um, hold on, I'm trying to. Maybe L. A. L. A. Improved uh, like the Lakers. The Lakers improved pretty well. They they lost Rondo and um, Dwight. Bradley, but and Dwight, <laughs> yeah, and Dwight and Javale, but they got. Um, they got Mondres Harrell, six-man of the year, six-man runner-up, and um, Dennis Schroeder. Um, so, it, and they re-signed a lot of their guys, and they did it with with good contracts. They didn't they didn't overpay. They had they they worked their money 
and they used the fact that they just won a championship to help get those discounts, I guess. Um, and it looks like they're built to repeat. I have them repeating as much as that hurts to say. Um, <laughs> I do have them repeating. Uh, but, hey, the Celtics will give them the hands in a couple years, so it's okay. <laughs> I would also – Improved in the West. I would look at the same two teams. I would also – so with Phoenix, I think it's interesting having just watched in my – you know, uh, Chris Paul was a big part of a, a big Rockets run a couple years ago, and I maintain there's an argument to be made that, you know, he doesn't have his hamstring game five. Houston's got a championship trophy. But that's not even right there. But the current – Phoenix situation, you got Chris Paul at point, you got a dynamic score at the two guard, you got an athletic runner at the five, and you got a three and D guy and Jay Crowder running the you know the three four area. It weirdly feels like a really similar team, right? In Houston, you had Chris Paul and Harden and PJ and Clint Capella. Like that could be really successful. Um, I, you know, does Devin Booker play like MVP James Harden? I don't know, but like that is a weirdly similarly put together team. I think in LA, because Joe mentioned all of almost all of them. The, the one I would throw in also is Marcus Saul. I think Marcus Saul's like basketball mm-hmm. IQ plays really well with LeBron as a person. You know, I don't know how much they'll be on the floor together, how much more Marcus Saul is left in the tank, but I think that's like a two kindred spirits finally getting together. And we, you know, they lost Clay Thompson again, unfortunately, and it's you know that sucks to see. But Steph Curry's back, and like two time MVPs back, four hundred threes in the seasons back. You got to you got to throw that back in there too, um, just by getting healthy. Kind of like we talk about Brooklyn. Um, so yeah, that, that would be I would throw them in as well. But that'd be my third team thrown in. I think Phoenix. Um, you look at coaching as well, Monty Williams, and what they did in the bubble. Booker, the way Booker played in the bubble. If he plays anything close to that for a season, and I think he has the potential to, with half and he, he's not going to handle the ball as much as he did before. Uh, and especially in past seasons, uh, Mikhail Bridges also on that Phoenix team that played really well last year and is getting better. Uh, Cam Johnson seems to be playing well. Dario Saric could be a key role player. I like Phoenix a lot. The Lakers, It's I think it's so rare that a team, especially a LeBron team, adds young talent after a great season. And it's almost like LeBron let the GM actually do his job this offseason. And they bring in <laughs> solid players. Uh, you mentioned them all. Schroeder, uh, Gazal, Harrell, uh, Wesley Matthews in there as well. It would be just an off-the-bench guy here and there and shoot. Uh, but I hate the Lakers, and they got better after winning a championship. That's just so rare to see, um, and it's crazy to see. Um, another team that continues to get overlooked, and I understand why, but is the Timberwolves. I think that they had a really good offseason this year. Bringing Rubio back is important for leadership um, and locker room uh, presence there for them. Uh, they have talent. The question is, is can they put it together? And they didn't make any changes um, in the coaching staff or anything. But you got a full season of D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. You got Malik Beasley. I like Anthony Edwards. I thought he was clear number one, at least for for Minnesota. Maybe if another team needed a point guard or something like that. But anyways, I think Edwards was a great pick uh, for them. Then they also add in Jaden McDaniels in the draft, which I think is is a great pickup for them as well. Um, I'm not sure. I've got them as my number 11 team in the West right now, which leaves them out of the playoffs altogether. But I think they're a team that can really push because of the improvements they made this year. If they don't make the playoffs this year, they have to fire the coach 
they've got to bring somebody else in and, and figure something else uh, with them. Um, let's talk about the playoffs. I've got it divided. I've got the top four teams as the two LA teams, the Nuggets and the Trailblazers. Um, by the way, the Trailblazers roster is as deep as any team I think has ever been in an NBA season. They're, they're 10, 12, 13 players deep of people who can actually give them real minutes if they choose to do so. Um, and uh, I, 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 I pat my own back here, but going into the bubble last year in my bubble preview podcast, I said Portland's going to make, make the playoffs. And uh, they did because they're deep. They've got one guy goes down. They've got someone else that can step up and play. And they had a motivated mellow, which not very many teams have ever had. So that was, that was good as well. <laughs> so I've got, I've got Clippers or the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets and the Blazers up top. Um, would you say those are the top four teams or do you have someone else that would fit in that top four, Joe? No, I, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I've been telling people about the Blazers lineup. It's the perfect mix of their lineup from last year. And then a couple of those pieces that were in the Western conference final team. Um, so it'll be exciting to see what they do. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to what Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum can do with this, with this squad. Um, Parker, what do you think? My only leapfrog I would put into that would be does Steph Curry on his own, you know, Draymond, you know, does he lose 10 pounds like he did that one year? And like does Steph Curry launch them into the four, but, and I guess that would knock Portland out for me. Cause I think they're as deep as they are. I think that they're the fourth out of, out of that group. The biggest signing I think they had that we didn't talk about much was they, when they flopped for Ariza turned into Covington, like that's tremendous. I, I, maybe I'm biased because I got to watch him play a lot in the bubble or whatever, but they're going to love Covington in Portland. He's great. He's a great role player. He's um, perfect for today's NBA. Complete. He's a, he can be, he was our center, but he can also be the three and three and D guy. Um, and then, you know, we did picks for one of the things on belly up that I'm sure will go up before the season started. I think Jokic could have an MVP kind of year with the schedule kind of favors Denver in a lot of ways. And he continues to get better. He slimmed down before the bubble. Like he could really be in, in for a big, you know, that, everyone's trying to take that next jump up and that he's under 25. Like a lot of guys he talked about, like he could really have a big year. I I always question if Jokic or Murray is more important as far as making improvement goes on Denver. Jokic is kind of the, the most solid consistent of the two, but it seems like they kind of go as Murray goes when he's scoring 30, 40 points. They're hard to beat when when Murray's off. He's kind of doing an Allen Iverson thing, shooting 40 shots and only hitting 10 of them. Then, obviously, they're not going to do as well in that case. Um, they got talent. I, they might be a piece short, too, but Michael Porter Jr. might be that piece if he starts playing consistently as well and uh, and can make a run. Let's look at those middle teams in the West. So and You might have them differently than me. I've got the Warriors in the middle just because of depth. They've got a great starting five, I think, with Curry – uh, Wiggins, Ubre, Green, and Wiseman. Then they've got Kent Bazemore. Okay. Uh, Marquise Chris played some solid minutes for him last season. Eh, okay. Uh, Kevon Looney. Eh, okay. They, they don't have much on the bench, uh, in my opinion, at least. But I think with the amount of talent they have in their starting five and the way that they're coached as well, and they, they play that rotation well, they get they get the best out of some guys in that time as well. So I've got them in the middle. Memphis is a team I absolutely love. Um, I love what they're doing. I love the talent they have on their roster. I've got them making a, a big improvement this year. The team I'm down on is Utah. Um, 
I don't think they'll miss the playoffs, but I, to me, they're kind of like Toronto in the sense that I'm just not, I don't believe that they can win it uh, when it all comes down. What are you guys' thoughts on Utah? Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Um, I'm actually, I'm a little high on Utah. Um, I, I do have Bill in the, uh, in the middle, but I don't see them really struggling. Um, they did have, they had a shootout with Denver. That was probably one of the more entertaining series of the playoffs. Um, I'm excited to see if they can build off of that kind of like matchup. Um, there was a lot of good things that they had and there was some things that they could work on. Um, so I'm excited to see what they do. Um, and yeah, I think the future's bright for them. Um, maybe add a couple more pieces, but they got, they, they're working with what they got and they're doing pretty well. Parker, what do you think? I mean, I, I've been on record for a couple of years now that I, I'm not as high on Utah. Um, Shockey gives me a real hard time about it too. I, and the funny thing is I kind of like Donovan Mitchell. It's, it's really the rest of the cast. I'm like, uh, you know, Ingles is hot once a week. It feels like, and you know, it, it, Rudy Gobert is kind of outdated. I think it all precedented to me when in the 2018 run, they had like a league high defensive analytic team or whatever. And then they started playing defense from behind. They did a whole different defense play behind James Harden. I was like, if you're really that good at defense, why are you like doing something completely new? So I, I, I'm not as high on them. I think that the team that maybe we're getting to them and it's so, you know, cut me off. We're on the way though, is how have we not talked about Dallas and Luka Doncic and Chris Stops and, you know, are they a team that if, if Luka has the growth between year one and two or between year two and three, they have between year one and two, we're going to all look silly because they're going to be in the top four group. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. Uh, so Lucas is so on favorite for MVP, I believe uh, right yeah. now, if you're a, if you're a gambling person, uh, that's Luca right now, I believe is, is the, the odds on favorite. I was looking at their team though. And I like Luca. I like Dallas last year. I was big on them going into the season. Um, this year I'm, I'm kind of down on them. I've got them as number 10 in the West. Uh, hmm. So they'd be in that play on that play in uh, round into the playoffs. Um, I just, to me, Chris stops, can he be healthy? I like Josh Richardson. I like that ad for them. If he can get back to his old form and Miami, Josh Richardson making shots. Um, outside of that, they're just, they're not very deep. They don't have a lot of proven talent at the very least on there. Joe, what are your thoughts on Dallas? Um, no, I, I like Dallas. In fact, um, I I'm willing to, to maybe say that they can sneak into the top four. Um, like like Parker said, if Luca has the the leap that he had last year, um, they're they could be dangerous. Um, I think it's it'll be important to see if Kristaps stays healthy, if the team can just stay healthy. Like, but that can be said for all teams, you know, especially with COVID going around. It's anything can happen. So, but. The other team that I think that sorry, no, yeah, they're the the team that kind of fits in like any situation. They can go top four, they can be in the middle. I think New Orleans is the other team that has great potential to make a jump, um, similar to Memphis because of the young talent they have, and uh, they lose a big piece in Drew Holiday. They bring in Bledsoe. Bledsoe is just – I like Bledsoe. Um, I think Bledsoe should get traded to Houston personally um, because him and Wall were in each other's weddings and and uh, they're friends with cousins and all that stuff. But anyways, um, I, I like Bledsoe if he's playing his role. The question is, will he play the role he needs to play or the, the role he wants to play? 
but Zion is he's a generational talent. He's a potential MVP if he stays healthy. Uh, Ingram is a player that is growing on me a little bit. Yeah, he seems to be improving and and as he gets opportunities, he seems to come through. I'm not a Lonzo Ball fan. I'm not uh, any of the Balls fans, but uh, nonetheless, Lonzo's done okay until the bubble, and he was horrible in the bubble. Uh, so he hasn't been consistent. They bring in Stephen Adams, uh, who could be a huge uh, a piece in that locker room and maybe that kind of stabilizer uh, there for that team. I've got the Pelicans as the number nine team in the West, so in that play-in as well. Uh, but I think they're a team that could jump up to a top four or five team as well in the West. What are your thoughts, Parker, on uh, New Orleans? I think they're still... This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember, together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. A year and a piece away. I think that they're, so first of all, we got to assume Zion can play more than 16 minutes or whatever he was doing, right? I think we're all, that's a sunk cost. Um, We're all assuming that. I, if I look at the Pelicans, Ingram made the all-star type leap a year ago. I think they need continued growth out of him and the same from someone else. You know, I, I like Stan Van Gundy as a defensive coach at this for football. I think he'd be a great defensive coordinator. I do think he's like hilarious as well. We listen to him like Levitar Joe and he's a fun Twitter follow. So he's a fun guy. I just don't know if I have them out. I think they're a play in team for me currently. Um, you know, we have mentioned the elephant in the room, which is my beat and we'll talk about them later, but I think, I think that if I look at New Orleans, I would probably put them in the 8, 9, 10. And then just like all these teams, we talk about health. They just have you know, Zion's poor health history in the last 18 months. But the truth is, if COVID hits, you know, the Lakers and LeBron and Davis sit out, you know, three weeks, all of a sudden they're not any good either. <laughs> so like that, that right. I think that's, a, that's something that's just going to have to be like we're all knocking on wood all season. I forgot, too, about Stan Van Gundy because we talked about Steve Nash being a great coach, talked about Monty Williams being a great coach, or I think Steve Nash would be a great coach. Uh, but Stan Van Gundy, if he can come in and adjust to modern-day NBA, I will be intrigued by that. <laughs> he, doesn't, yeah. he says he's going to. Uh, I, I have a hard time imagining a Van Gundy adjusting to anything. Um, but uh, 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 anyways, I was going to make a fat joke, but that wouldn't have been nice. So, um <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you're right. I love Stan Van Gundy as a person and listening to him talk and things like that. Can he can he make the adjustment to the modern day NBA is going to be a, a major question mark. Let's talk about um, the Rockets. Uh, we got to. I'm a huge John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins fan. I went to uh, a game in Nashville when they were at UK and uh, I had better seats than Jay Cutler that day. But um, uh, I watched 
watch those those two play together. It was so much fun. Uh, a lot of Kentucky's teams are talented, but they're not fun to watch. Wall and Cousins was just a blast to watch playing together. You know uh, that they're friends. If you pay attention to them on social media, you it's not new. It's not renewed. It, they're, they've been consistently very good friends. I always thought Cousins would end up in Washington while Wall was there. It never worked out that way. Houston, I've got them as team number uh, 11, so just outside of that play-in game. But um, they've got some talent on that team, and especially if Harden's there, obviously they've got a lot of talent on that team. So, Parker, we're going to give you the floor on Houston. Uh, what's What do we need to be watching for? What's the expectation for Houston if Harden's there? Well, I actually want to hear what y'all have to say, too. I don't I don't want to dominate the mic as the beat on this at all. Um, I will say it all does hang on what the beard does, right? If Harden stays and he is another 30-plus point a game kind of year and you have a healthy wall and you have a healthy boogie, obviously not the same guy they were three years ago, either one of them, but, like, healthy is key. You know, I like the Christian Wood signing. In these preseason games, I know it's preseason basketball, but like the Jayshon Tate guy is playing very well. Uh, David Nawaba is a tremendous defender. We had him from Brooklyn. Um, and so as I look at them, I I would have them in a very tough West in the six, seven, eight range. Um, if Harden stays and Harden is bought in and playing hard and whatever, they might be at the top end of that five, six, seven, eight range. If they're He's not, but he's still getting his buckets. They might be at the bottom of that six, seven, eight range. If he's not there at all, they might be even like it, it, that's how it tri- trickles down for me. Um, I'm getting, I got, I'm not, I mean, don't mean to be checking my text or in the podcast, but on my watch, it popped up. Someone said, Did hard eat all the chicken wings at Magic City or whatever? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, come on. Um, so I, I think that. If he is bought in and ready to roll, their ceiling is relatively high. You know, anytime you have an MVP candidate, MVP caliber player, I've heard, I said it about Steph Curry a second ago. We t- said about LeBron James and the Lakers, said about Giannis and the Bucks and Kevin Durant. Any, anytime you got a guy in that stratosphere with the right pieces around him, you got a shot. Um, it, the question is just, it doesn't feel like that's what's happening. It feels like this, you know, train wreck breakup of sorts is going to happen at some point. And, if they bring in a Ben Simmons back, maybe they're really good. If they bring in, you know, Andre Iguodala, you know, he's old. Who knows what happens, right? Um, Before we go to Joe on the Rockets, uh, Parker, when they hired uh, Silas as the coach, uh, how was that uh, viewed in for Houston fans? Were they excited about that? Or was there questions? What was kind of their thought on that? <laughs> it probably depends on which one you have. I think there were – so first of all, like nerds – basketball nerds love Silas because of the offense he ran in Dallas for Carlisle. Like if you read this stuff when they hired him, it sounded like Carlisle almost had him like as a football offensive coordinator, uh, which is why I was thinking about SVG as a defensive coordinator. Um, And so Silas ran a analytically historic offense with Dallas and Luca and Kristaps. And they saw that with Harden and Westbrook and like the potential and now it's like that potential is gone. There are pl- some people that are like, why are we hiring an assistant coach from Dallas as our head coach? And then there are some people like, whew, at least we didn't sign one of the Van Gundys. So, like, like, you know, the, the, we were in line for Jeff Van Gundy, I think was someone I think Fertitta liked. Um, and so I think there are people all over the map on it. The story is, is that Harden, as a veteran himself, wanted a say and wanted it to be someone veteran. 
and he had neither a say nor a veteran head coach. And so that I think is part of where the splintering is coming from. Um, Kudos to Houston for that, by the way. Um, I'm all for player empowerment to some degree, but you got to let people who are getting paid to do their jobs, let them do their jobs and see how it turns out. At least give them a chance because Harden had his chance and he failed miserably uh, with the guys he brought in. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on Houston this season? Uh, Where do you see him finishing up in the West? Um, I kind of agree with Parker. Um, it all depends on Harden, um, what what situation that looks like. Um, if he plays great, if he's his his normal self, then yeah, they can be at the higher end of that of that uh, grouping of that spectrum. But if if he decides to take a seat and just relax and coast through, then yeah, they could run into some issues. Um, I don't necessarily see them falling out of the play-in. Um, I honestly don't necessarily see them falling into the play in itself. Um, I think the Christian Wilding is a little bit of an underrated signing. Uh, I think he possesses a lot of good qualities that this team can use. Um, And Boogie and Wall, they have some chemistry, obviously, um, going back to their old Wildcat days and obviously being close. So I think they'll be be fun to watch and fun to uh, keep track of throughout the season. Definitely a good story. I think, well, Wall, I think people forget how good John Wall is because he's been hurt. And that's understandable where you say, well, he's been hurt for two years and now he's older and now he's whatever. But I, John Wall is a phenomenal basketball player. And if he's 80% of what he was, he plays hard. And he doesn't have the same style as Russell Westbrook, but mentally he plays hard like Westbrook does. Well, I shouldn't say that. Westbrook's the hardest playing guy in the NBA. But uh, um, I like the when Wall's on, on the floor – and and in games where so they're not eliminated after 30 games into the season, Wall plays at a level that is top tier for point guards, and I think he fits well at a team at like Houston, and he would have fit well in Washington if they ran it back too. I think because he is a point guard, a traditional point guard, and he does score and he drives and those kinds of things. Westbrook is is I'm going to score, and he gets his 10 assists and his 10 rebounds, but. Um, uh, Wall is a legit distribute, uh, drive and dish, those kinds of things. And I think uh, Houston has potential to scare a lot of people. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to go far in the playoffs, but I think they're not going to be a team. People are going to be like, yes, we get to play Houston. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more of a threat at the very least uh, to folks there. Can I say one thing that's awesome as a Houston guy is hearing two people that are not Houston guys talking about Houston being fun to play. Because it feels like we've been trying to convince the world for six years now that we're fun to watch. <laughs> it's like, oh, I got two people. Like The new Houston Rockets are fun to watch again. <laughs> All right, let's close with this. We're at the, uh, the hour mark, so let's close with this. Give me a surprise team in the East and a surprise team in the West that could win it all. All right, so not just make the playoffs, but actually could win it all, a surprise team. Joe, let's start with you. Who's your team in the East that could be a surprise team? As Homer as this is going to sound, just because of the way that NBA Twitter and all of the NBA community is treating them, um, I think the Celtics could do it, to be quite honest. Um they have a lot of good pieces around them, um, and they're young. So uh, it just depends on their development throughout the season. But I think they could do it. They also have the highest 
trade player exception in league history to play with. Um, they're they're going to have to offload a little bit of salary, but I mean, hey, they can bring in pretty much whatever. And there could be some interesting players available uh, <laughs> as the season yep. goes on as well. Uh, who's your team in the West, Joe? Surprise team. Um, we'll go Denver. Denver's that Denver team could that, do it. Yeah, they're that team that has never been able to push past at all, and I think they're kind of the the team that everybody looks at and goes, yeah, they're good, but eh, they're never going to make it past L.A. I think that I like that pick, Joe. That's a good one. Parker, who's your surprise team in the East? It's funny because it, after the bubble, before the bubble, I would have said Miami, and now they're no longer surprised they were just in the finals. I would have to also go with Joe's Boston Celtics because I think – People assume that Kimba's going to miss a lot of time and they're going to miss him, but we've mentioned Jeff Teague's a big signing for them to replace that. Um, Jason Tatum is going to be a star in this league. It just, if it happens this season, it, it's this season. And, um, you know, when they ran into Bam last year, they had trouble guarding Bam. They had trouble guarding Bam out of bio. They got Tristan Thompson. If he can do that, they got, they're a whole lot better team all of a sudden. So I'm going to, I'm going to say Boston mm-hmm. in the East. How about the West? Well, after we talk about Luka Doncic being an MVP, but then coming so low in the playoffs, maybe maybe it's Luka and Mass. I I, I want to say Portland, but I think we also all just talked ourselves into Portland. I think the reason I want to say Portland, though, is because when was the last time a team with just one All-Star made it? Because C.J. McCollum hadn't been an All-Star in a minute, right? And so even the Nuggets, Murray and Jokic, are both going to make the All-Star game, right? And so... I guess I'll say Portland because it's been a while since you had the one all-star team make it. Dame time is when it's Dame time, you're in trouble. And um, yep. with COVID and people sitting out a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there and whatever, as we've seen in football, depth matters, right? And so in basketball, we're going to look at it as like we just talked about. They go 12 deep with guys that can get real NBA minutes. And mm-hmm. as long as none of the guys sitting are Dame, that's okay. They, you know, they'll be fine. Uh, so I'll say Portland, although we were all just high on them. So maybe that's not the same sleeper pick that it's supposed to be. I think anybody other than L.A. is a surprise <laughs> pick in the in the West. They're just so good. I'm going to go in the East with the Pacers. Uh, I don't I don't think the Pacers are going to win. They've got talent. Plus, they got a new coach in Bjorkren um, that, you know, if he can get those guys. The big problem was Oladipo's health and whether or not he's as good as he used to be or anywhere close to as good as he used to be. And then finding a way for Sabonis and Turner to play together. Um, you know, he's going to have to figure those kind of stuff out. But they've got a pretty solid uh, depth team as well. And so I think they could surprise some people. And then in the West, I really like uh, what Memphis has done. Uh, but I think Golden State, and I, I don't know, uh, Parker, you were pretty high on them. To me, that would be a surprise this year. Um, just everybody seems to be talking down Golden State because Clay's out. And you brought it up a few times, but, I mean, you add Ubre, you've got Wiggins, who as much as Wiggins is disappointed, he's not a bad player. And you put him beside someone like Steph and Draymond. Then you add Wiseman. I think Bazemore is going to have a, a an uptick this year as well. He had he would, did decent after he got out of Portland, played in Sacramento for a little while, had an okay year. Um, so I think uh, Memphis is my, my big-time dark horse. Uh, Golden State would be my surprise pick in the West. All right, we've got Parker Ainsworth. He's the uh, Rockets beat writer, senior NBA writer at Belly Up Sports. Co-host, make sure you check out his podcast. He co-hosts with uh, Shaka. What's his um, 
Cummings. Cummings, Sorry. that's right. Uh, and uh, it's called F in Sports. You can find it anywhere uh, podcasts are available. Uh, Parker, where can people find you on uh, on social media? Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. Um, at P Ainsworth five one two. That's at P A I N S W O R T H five one two. Painsworth five one two. All one word. Instagram, Twitter, wherever. We have a show Twitter too at F N Sports two F I N S P O R S S P O R T S. The number two, all one word. Um, and I'm fairly active uh, teaching remotely these days. So from <laughs> <laughs> time. Uh, Joe Palencia is the Celtics beat writer at bellyupsports.com. Joe, where can people find you on social media? Uh, pretty much all the socials, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, at Joe Palencia 13. Um, yeah. Beat writer for belly up. So pretty so active on Twitter. On social media, go to bellyupsports.com. Find his information there as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk NBA with me. We're excited about the NBA season starting just as football season is wrapping up. And uh, and so I'm, I'm excited about it. I appreciate you guys taking the time uh, tonight to talk with us. And uh, sure appreciate it. Sure, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this uh, episode of the Sports Dope Podcast. The NBA preview pod. Let us know how you feel about our opinions today on Twitter at Sports Stove. Again, thank you to our sponsors, RA Marketing. RA Marketing is my sponsor. This is the early days of the podcast. Go radigital.com. The website is goradigital.com. Thank you again for tuning into the episode. Until next time, we'll see you.